It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson! And it goes to Corey Davis. Crowder trying to get him out of space, slopes a tackle, and there he goes! Crowder! It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there! A 69-yard touchdown. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know what's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh! Listen. Thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time for the Jets-Dolphins postgame report. Jets go down at the hands of the Dolphins. Final score, 24-17 at MetLife Stadium. Reasonably competitive, but it was pretty clear that these are two of the worst teams in the league. Dolphins move to 4-7, and seven, Jets now 2-8, and eight. and to break all of this down, we bring in our friend who is the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com, and above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, on the bright side, it was unseasonably warm at MetLife Stadium today. It was over 50 degrees in November for kickoff, so that's a plus, right? I mean, sure, I, I like the cold, so not really, but it, sure, go, sure, why not? Such a Debbie Downer, man. You can't just roll with it and say that, yeah, it's a positive. I'm always trying to find a way to make lemonade out of lemons, and you want to take lemonade and make it back into lemons. (laughs) Elijah Moore. There's there's your lemonade. (laughs) Let's talk about Elijah Moore because, to me, the most interesting storyline to come out of this game was not just Elijah Moore, but the fact that the 2021 draft class is looking pretty good right now. Obviously, we have to see what Zach Wilson does when he comes back. We don't know if it's going to be this coming week against Houston, the following week against Philadelphia, but he's going to be back at some point. And when he is, if he can play at the level that these other guys from the draft class are playing at, that is going to be a major positive for the Jets because Elijah Vera Tucker has been playing at a Pro Bowl level that continued today. You also had Elijah Moore, who you just brought up, who is the star of this game for the Jets. Eight catches, 141 yards, and a 62-yard touchdown grab. Also had one carry for 15 yards, so he was all over the field today. And then Michael Carter, we'll get into him later because he did get injured, but he had nine carries for 63 yards, caught a pass as well. But he's a guy that I'm convinced could get hit by an actual truck and still fall forward for a five-yard gain. It's unbelievable. This guy just can't be brought down on first contact. So those three guys building around the quarterback with the offensive pieces that he's going to need, that is a very, very encouraging sign. Before we get into the rest of this game, Let's talk about that. Elijah Moore was hyped up all offseason because of what a star he was at training camp. He wasn't producing early in the year, but if you looked at the tape, it was clear he was open a lot. He just wasn't being looked at, and the ball wasn't being thrown his way. Once the ball started being thrown his way, he's been on fire. Five touchdowns in the last four weeks. Michael Carter has slowly but surely turned into a real weapon on offense. And like I said, Elijah Vera Tucker has been fantastic. He's been everything they could have possibly asked for so far. So if nothing else, those three players look like cornerstones 
of this offense for years to come. And no matter how you feel about the Jets in totality right now, you have got to be happy about that if you're a Jets fan. Well, you know, I've, I've been covering this team a long time. I've never felt like any type of pressure from like, they, you know, my coverage of a player or like thinking a, something would happen. And I, until the Elijah Moore stuff, I, I felt myself during training camp being like, oh man, uh, I'm, I'm way too deep in here. They're like, this needs to, everyone's going to go crazy if for some reason something happens, Elijah Moore isn't awesome. Everyone is just going to go nuts. And those first couple of weeks, people were doing it uh, right out the gate. People were like, where is this kid? You guys said he was awesome. He's supposed to be amazing. Where is he? Oh, all right. Give him a couple of weeks. Well, we're here now. And I feel no more pressure um, about that at all because I am not worried about anything from here on out with Elijah Moore. You fans are not going to be complaining about Elijah Moore or not going to be talking about you overhyped him. Uh, we're getting it during training camp. Stop talking about him. Stop talking about him. He's making plays. I'm going to talk about him. He's, he made plays in training camp. It cooled off in training camp after he had the injury. And then, uh, I, you know, now you're starting to see what he's done the last couple of weeks is what he was doing in training camp. And that's what made all of us be like, wow, or, you know, the cartoon eyes popping out of the head thing. He, he was doing that all throughout training camp. And training camp's training camp. But there, this kid, I watched him in college. I saw him do it in training camp and watching him. And I'm like, no, there's something special about this kid. This kid is a playmaker, and he's going to be able to uh, uh, produce at an NFL level. And then, like you said, you talked about Elijah Vera Tucker's been very good. Um, no update on Michael Carter. We'll get more to that later. He injured his ankle, but uh, you know he's he's been very uh, very good too. Uh, a little bit of improvement in the offensive line will go a long way there because all he needs is a little crack, and then he hits that and he's gone. And that's a that's really three solid pieces around the quarterback right there to build around. Um, so yeah, the that rookie class, the offensive side especially of that ball uh, is of the rookie class is looking really good. But none better than Elijah Moore, who is just absolutely incredible, and he's putting up these numbers. You know, with uh, Joe Flacco did an admirable job today, but he's putting up these numbers with. A inferior quarterback play that 62 yard touchdown that Elijah Moore had was a thing of beauty if you haven't seen it the video clips are all over the place I believe NFL.com has it basically what happened here is that Elijah Moore just beat the pants off of Byron Jones he juked him out of his shoes made him fall flat on his face on a beautiful route and then Joe Flacco just tossed it to him and Moore did the rest took it all the way to the house just incredible the thing that's great about Elijah Moore is as I've said many times, most of the best wide receivers have an elite separation tool, and that's why they're so good. It could be their size. It could be their physicality. It could be their route running. It could be their speed. It could be their hands. 
Elijah Moore's got three of those. He's got great hands, he can run great routes, and he's got incredible speed. So when you put all of that together, the sky's the limit for him, and he's continuing to show you that week in, week out. Joe Flacco certainly not the future of this franchise, but I thought, as you said, he did an admirable job today. 24 of 39, 291 yards, half of those to Elijah Moore. Two touchdowns, one of them to Elijah Moore, the other a short touchdown pass to Jamison Crowder, who continues to be all reliable, by the way. All he does is get open and make plays. He did some of that today, including that touchdown. Flacco's value today, to me, was knowing how to avoid the big mistakes in the face of major adversity because the Dolphins' pass rush was coming at him fast and furious. He was getting hammered. He was getting pressured. And yes, he did fumble on that one play when he got absolutely clocked from the blind side. But other than that, he found a way to keep composure, not turn the ball over, take what the defense was giving him. And for everybody that wants to question the decision to start Flacco, Robert Sala told you that this was a big part of the reason that Flacco started. Because against this type of defense, his experience was going to come in handy. We'll obviously never know for sure, but I'm fairly confident that if Mike White had been in there against this kind of pressure, he probably would have turned the ball over four or five times. Flacco didn't do that, which kept the Jets in this game, kept them competitive. They didn't win, but because Flacco was able to withstand that to the best degree possible, the Jets at least hung around. Yeah, and there's that, and then there's also just, you know, the veteran aspect of Flacco that mm-hmm. probably, you know, he's he's still young with, or, or just fresh here with this team and this system. So uh, he's not super deep in the playbook, but he can get him out of, uh, you know, certain play calls when the Dolphins are showing something. He can he can check him out. He can check him into a run, into a pass. He can set up the protections to deal with the blitz a lot better. So there's so many parts of, uh, what Flacco did today that would be so much better than what Mike White would have done that just literally you can't see. We're like you're you're not going to be able to see it on the, the, the field, watching the tape, watching the game. You're not going to be able to notice it because you, you don't know what they're doing, but he's changing protections. He's getting guys up uh, in the right scheme. So there there's that as well. Um, but, yeah, he came out and he – Played an all right game. Uh, you know, he he made some bad throws. He made some decent throws. He was calm. That That's the main thing. Uh, Mike White would have been lost and confused and throwing him up. for. And Joe Flacco did what I always talk about. Uh, all you want from your backup quarterback. Uh, you know, obviously, if you're a team competing for the Super Bowl, you want a little bit more. You have higher standards for your backup quarterback. Team in the Jets situation, you're not necessarily looking for somebody who's gonna who need, needs to go out and get the you or the win. You're just looking for somebody to run the offense competently. Somebody that allows you to evaluate everybody else on that offense. Somebody that allows you to keep the Elijah Moore train going. Like he's, it's been building these last couple of weeks. He's got a full head of steam, all this momentum building up. You, you don't want to have, you know, a, a setback and that to not keep that momentum going because you have to play a certain quarterback. He can come in. He can move this offense up and down the field. Not and not going to be a huge threat to teams. Is not you know chances are Jets aren't going to win that game. But uh, 
you know, he, he can evaluate the rest of the offense and they can move the ball. That's, that's what you want and need. No question about it. Defensively, the Jets continue to struggle. They only gave up 24 points, but it was to one of the worst offenses in the league. The Dolphins are averaging in the teens per game in terms of points, and today, 24, more than you would have expected. The defense, in a lot of ways, just looks lifeless, which is very disappointing. I know that they're playing with a lot of guys that are not exactly the highest of caliber, but still, considering that Ulbrich and Salah are hardened defensive minds, you would think that this team would at least play with some fire. We didn't see a lot of that today. Quinn and Williams played very well on the stat sheet. It just says one solo tackle. He had one sack called back for a penalty, but also had three straight drives where he had a third down pressure that led to Miami being forced off the field. Again, not on the stat sheet, and I know what people are going to say about that, but those are big boy plays right there. John Franklin Myers continues his post-contract signing struggles. Today, a very bad penalty on a play that would have ended up in a field goal. Instead, the Dolphins marched on to get a touchdown, which ended up costing the Jets dearly. I know that if you watch the play, it looked like Franklin Myers didn't hit him that hard, but that's not the point. The referees are going to call it every single time after you take more than the two steps after the quarterback releases the ball. John Franklin Myers has got to know that, and as we'll get into later, Robert Sala discussed that as well. On the bright side, Ashton Davis did get an interception, so that's a positive. If you take a look at what the Dolphins did today, one of the things that Luke Grant, the Thunder from down under, said in the keys to the game was that the Jets were going to have to stop Miles Gaskin, which doesn't really seem like it should be that big of a deal because Gaskin has not been good this year, but today... He had almost 100 yards of offense. He had a touchdown. The Jets struggled big time to contain him. Tua Tagovailoa had a couple of weak throws, including the interception of Davis and one play that, Chris, you described as him almost throwing like a shot put downfield. But he was economical, 27 of 33, 273 yards, two touchdowns. Mac Hollins, Jalen Waddell, Mike Gusecki all getting in on the action. A touchdown for Mac Hollins. As you said before we started recording, Chris, I think there's a lot more that the Dolphins can do with Jalen Waddell, and certainly there's questions about how the Dolphins are running this offense, but they did what they needed to do to win in this game. And defensively, Xavier Howard did what he normally does. We talked about Byron Jones and how he had trouble handling Elijah Moore. But overall, they brought a lot of pressure on Joe Flacco. They kept him under fire the whole game. So while the Dolphins weren't exactly amazing in this game, they found ways to be as productive as they needed to on offense. And on defense, they held the Jets in check and were able to pressure Flacco. And so in the end, 24-17, the Dolphins win this. As I said before, a battle between two teams that are two of the weaker ones in the league. But the Jets are weaker than the Dolphins, and you saw it on the field today. Tua, Tua was good today. I, uh, as you uh, brought up, I, I just don't like what the Dolphins are doing with them, how they're using them, and it, it's just selfishly, because I, I don't know how to evaluate him when he's just thinking and dunking his whole way down. Uh, that that one, it was it was called back. Um, the touchdown it was called back. It, it was just a shot put, and like that was the only play of the day. Even I don't care about the interception as much. That was the only play of the day. I was just like, oh man, that's bad. That's gross. What's going on here? And and when you have a player as talented as Jalen Waddle, they have to figure out ways to attack downfield. But this isn't uh you know a Dolphins podcast. This is about the Jets, and that you know it's. It's very simple again right here. We're still at a team that just doesn't have the talent to match up with, uh, you know, 
most teams in the NFL. It, like even the Dolphins, who are also a you know a bottom dweller team that doesn't have a ton of talent, they're more solidified. They have uh, more talent, and the talent that they do have isn't quite as green and uh, young as as the Jets. So uh, they got a little bit of a leg up here, and it showed uh, because really the the Jets, you know. They kind of, they almost played good enough that, well, they know they played good enough to win this game. Uh, they, they didn't play, you know, good, uh, like really good or great, but they played good enough to win this game. If it just wasn't for a few really stupid mistakes and the stupid mistakes, one of them, the John Franklin Myers one, the rest of them were all from young rookies. Um, and, and you know, there was a protection break breakdown on the, uh, the, the Flacco fumble, but there's most of the other mistakes were just rookie mistakes from the young guys. And those are the types of things that you can't have piling up and expect to get a win when you're, you know, when you're a team like the Tampa Bay Bucks and Kansas city chiefs, and you just have so much talent, you can get away on uh, overcoming mistakes you know, uh, but when you're a team that just like has a, a couple of extremely talented players and a whole bunch of hey, everywhere else, like you can't overcome uh, three or four mistakes that, that come at the worst times that, you know, that you can't afford to give teams an entire new set of downs. You can't afford to, uh, you know, get calls, uh, plays called back, uh, big plays called back on the offensive side. Their Jets aren't there. They're nowhere near there yet. Um, you know, they, they're going to need an injection of talent this offseason uh, to even start approaching that area. And then they'll probably need another year on top of it. So, you know, there's, like we said, there's you got some promising rookies uh, showing out now. You got some some older players sprinkled in there, but this is, this is a, a, still a shaky foundation and they have to go out there every week and try to win games with this shaky foundation. And it's just not realistic at this point to expect them to get a lot of them. Chris, one other thing that the jets can't do if they want to win games, considering the very small margin of error that they have is they can't be missing field goals. And Matt Amendola missed two of them today. He's not the answer. It's very clear right now, and you and I have been saying this forever. Look, it doesn't matter when it comes to 2021 because the Jets are 2-8, and eight, and so what at this point? But going forward, the Jets have got to stop shopping at the dollar store for kickers. Either use a draft pick on a kicker or invest in a veteran kicker who's actually good because this is painful to watch, and when this team gets to the point where they're going to be playing in close games that they need to win, they can't afford to be having kickers go one for three like this. Yeah, absolutely. And to be fair to him, that the one before the half, I, I don't care about missing that one. Although it, it was funny, as soon as uh, Salah sent him out here, I was, I was just sitting there talking about how predictable an outcome this is. I'm like, you're sending him out there, he's going to go out there and he's going to miss it. You're going to give the Dolphin short field and they're going to march right down the field to easily score. And they did all that except they shanked the field goal too. <laughs> so, uh, you, you know, you got I'm certainly not going to uh, criticize him for missing this, the 56 yarder bouncing off the post, but the other one, that, and 
also we've seen enough from Amendola to for you know I'm not going to defend him that much for missing a 56 yarder either. Like <laughs> so at, at this point and like you said it's you know it's not anything worth getting worked up now because look at the rest of this team in this season but yeah it's absolutely something that they can't like you can't expect to be a competitive team and and have kickers like that we've seen that over the last couple of years you know we've seen the titans have been that team that was that's good enough to win all these games but they just kept losing big games because of the kickers we saw the the Bears a couple of years ago, uh, when they first traded for Khalil Mack, they had that type of team. Um, man, that that's like Jets fans. I know it's been a long decade, but you want you want to make it longer. Let the team get better next year, and have the kicking situation cost you a whole bunch of games because that will, woof, boy, that will be a feeling that you guys will not like at all you'll be you'll be back wanting this feeling play like a jet play like a jet chris one other note that we forgot to mention and that is the fact that greg van roten got benched for this game just before the game connor hughes of the athletic broke the story that newly acquired laurent duvernay tardif was going to start at right guard for greg van roten not a surprise because Van Roten is terrible. Unfortunately, Laurent Duvernay Tardif was also terrible. In the words of Willie Colon on the SNY postgame show, he got barbecued today. So I don't know what the Jets are going to do. Perhaps they try George Fant at right guard once Mackay Becton comes back. I know a lot of people have said that Fant is not really built to play guard, but it might be worth a shot because I don't see how he could be any worse than what they've been trotting out there the rest of the season. So they've got to figure something out there. We know Van Roten's not the answer, and it sure looks like Laurent Duvernay-Tardif is also not the answer. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I'd, uh, I, I was going to wait until looking at the All-22 to give my assessment of uh, uh, Tardif's uh, performance, but I trust Willie Colon's assessment. Uh, so I'll just roll with that there, but uh, I'll say this: I I would give him a, another week to go out there. You know, he just got here; he's getting settled. So give him a, another couple of games to settle himself and find himself there. Um, I will also say, I, I you know, again, I still think that the idea of playing Mackay Becton at any point in this season seems silly. So. Uh, uh, but also, you know, I've, I've been going on about this a lot about how coaches and coaches lie to us and that's what we should expect from them. Um, it, Robert Sala was asked about the lineup changes for uh, Duvernay Tardif and Greg Van Roten. And he just said, this was an exact quote, LDT, just giving them a chance to go out there. GVR <laughs> has been playing his butt off. <laughs> So yeah, uh, uh, he ju- they just traded for Tardif to so they could bench uh, Van Roten, and uh, Salah's sitting there telling us straight to our face that Van Roten's been playing his butt off. You just had to give LDT some looks. It just it just had to do it. It had nothing to do with how great GVR is. Now there's a case in point uh, that's like. Come on, come on. Uh, that that's it. That's exhibit A through Z, right? I don't need to point out anything ever again. Coaches love to lie to us. 
Chris, we know that Michael Carter got hurt. We touched on that before. Morgan Moses came out, came back in the game later on. What do we know about those injuries and anything else injury-wise? Yeah, we don't know anything else much. Uh, you just, you know, it's an ankle for Carter. We'll figure it out more tomorrow, Salah said. So, uh, you know, if it's something minor or, or you know, we, we probably – something minor might not hear until Wednesday. Um if it's something, you know, major, we will almost assuredly know by tomorrow afternoon. So um, we'll, we'll wait and see on that. But it, other, otherwise, it seems like it was a, a, a pretty uneventful injury day outside of that. After the game inside the locker room, we heard from Robert Sala, Joe Flacco, the hero of the day, Elijah Moore and several other players. What were some of the highlights? Well, the highlight was definitely Elijah Moore giving us uh, the breakdown of his touchdown catch. Um, it's it's elaborate. It's it, there's a lot here, but just bear with me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can read you this whole quote if if we have enough time. Does the internet have enough space to hold all of this? Chris, um, the beauty of this podcast is that you can take as much time as you like. So go ahead. Okay, I'm not sure if there's enough space on the internet to hold this, but uh, all right. So here's the quote, quote, got open, period, scored, period, end of quote. (laughs) You know what that reminds me of, Chris? If you ever saw Major League Two, there's a part where Bob Euchre is drinking in the booth and he passes out. And so his play-by-play sidekick has to take over and the guy's in such shell shock that somebody hits a ball to the outfield and some guy makes this ridiculous dive to make the catch. And his call on the play is fly ball caught. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. I mean, just tell us about the touchdown catch. Got open, scored. I love it. I love it. I mean, that's that. He's not wrong. That is a factual statement. It was short, sweet, and efficient. Like we talk about efficiency a lot, and he's putting it in uh, on all you know aspects here. Um, but yeah, he's you know. He just talked about getting more comfortable. He said, the more games I get, the more comfortable I feel I'm getting. I don't feel like a rookie anymore. It's coming down to a time where we just have to execute. Um, he said that, you know, Xavier Howard came up to him after the game, told him just keep going, been watching him for a while. Um, and, you know, that's somebody that Elijah Moore has looked up to and respected. Um, and then about his matchup going against Howard Byron Jones, boosting his confidence moving forward. And he's, he's like, I, it doesn't matter who I go against. I just worry about myself. And he goes out there and he, he makes the plays, and that's what he did. Uh, John Franklin Myers on the roughing the pass with penalty, and he just, you know, in the moment, didn't know that he hit him late. Just happened fast. Football play. He has to be better. Something can't happen. You know, yada, yada, exactly what you expect. Um, uh, you know, Sala, Sala was definitely, you know, upset, uh, a little bit. He's this, this one hurt because they, of the, the penalties that the, the mistakes that really came back breaking mistakes at key times, uh, that, that really hurt him there. But, you know, he, he talked about having, uh, you know, Flacco did exactly what they expected. Elijah Moore has been getting better, and this is what they expect from him as well. They're not surprised by it as well. 
you know, Zach Wilson heading into next week, he said he worked out pretty good again this morning. They'll feel him out over the next couple of days, see where he's at. Uh, but not, nothing too major there. I uh, said so there was a protection breakdown on the strip sack. Um, and then, yeah, so, you know, we, he was happy that they were able to get some some young guys, some reps today. As I had done, got some reps, uh, some of them not so great. He was definitely a part of the uh, mistakes. He was big breakdown from his part that led to that long interception. Uh, but still good to get some of these young guys some reps. So, you know, uh, again, it was a close – Close game. They were competitive for the most part, entertaining, not against a great, a very good team, but it was really just those. Uh, they can't overcome mistakes like that. It's just that there's teams too, too devoid of talent to create that many mistakes. I think Robert Sella knows it too, because in the post game press conference, if you go and watch it, this man looks completely defeated and sounds completely defeated. As I said on Twitter, he came across as somebody who desperately needed a nap and a bottle of scotch. I think that describes many of us after we've watched a lot of these Jets games. Chris Nimbley, the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal. Thank you so much for coming on and wrapping up this game between the Jets and the Dolphins with me. Really appreciate it. The Jets, of course, going down in defeat 24-17 to the Miami Dolphins at MetLife Stadium. Make sure that you check out everything Chris is doing over at JetsInsider.com and... Follow him on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com. Sharman Phillips got a really good game summary up with his thoughts. That's at playlikeajet.com. We've got the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Great videos, including all 22 of the 2021 rookie class that we were talking about before. Elijah Moore, Elijah Vera Tucker, and Michael Carter. That's courtesy of the Thunder from down under Luke Grant. He's going to have... More videos this week breaking down the film of the Jets. Plus, we've also got the Play Like a Jets store. That's at tpublic.com, T-E-E-Public.com. The Zach Says Go Long shirt, the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams Bless You Thank You shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, and much more. It's all there, tpublic.com, T-E-E-Public.com. And give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. For the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.